Okay, welcome to Head Games, the science and psychology of sports. I'm Dr. Brett Levine, joined as always by Dr. Ben Rosenberg. Ben, how is your worst fantasy football team doing? <laughs> uh, five and three. Have they played eight games? Nine games. Six and Nine. three. Six I can three. tell how invested you are, man. Really. It's your league, bro. So uh, I'm still doing pretty well, I guess. I'm nine and zero in one league, so I'll take it. I said your worst team. This isn't. This isn't. We don't want. I'm gonna brag. I'm gonna brag. I'm gonna brag. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> How about you? Um, as much as I want to talk about fantasy football, we have a guest today, uh, Tracy Sandler. She's a founder and CEO of, of Fangirl Sports Network, uh, which is a digital media company for female sports fans. It delivers inspiring, funny, and informative commentary about professional sports teams as well as behind-the-scenes look at accomplished women making waves in the sports industry. Tracy, welcome to Head Games. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I guess I gave, like, that's the Cliff Notes version, but tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, Fangirl Sports Network. I'll just kind of begin a little, I guess, with Fangirl Sports Network and why I started it. So I originally started it because I've been a, a big sports fan my entire life. And I've also, you know, I know everything that's going on in the games, like analysis, stats, all of the things. But I'm also a female and can be very much a girly girl for lack of a better term, but really enjoy the lifestyle aspect of sports, what's going on beyond the field, uh, healthy recipes on game day, looking cute on game day, looking at what you know women are doing in the sports industry. And I didn't really feel like there was content that spoke to women like me necessarily. So I wanted to create a place for female fans where they were empowered to be whatever kind of fan they wanted to be. They wanted to be a casual sports fan. They wanted to be a diehard sports fan. If they wanted to mix in the lifestyle, just mix in the stats. And that's really how it started. It's been through a number of different iterations as always happens when you start something like this. And there have been a lot of changes along the way, but I think we have found content that really appeals to our followers and to the people who are listening to our podcasts and reading our content and just that's really relatable to female fans. That's awesome. What, what are some of the things that you guys talk about or post that you feel like folks relate to the most? Like what are the things that really get the most attention? So our Get My Job podcast does uh, really well in that. That is when every week I sit down with a, a prominent woman in sports and talk about her journey, obstacles she's faced, advice, or as one of our guests said, encouragement for uh, young women who want to be in the sports industry. And one of the things with that that's really important to me is to highlight all the different paths for a career in sports. And I think a lot of us watch TV and so assume it's sideline reporting or in-studio hosting, which is obviously those are fantastic positions. But there are so many things that you can do. Actually, you guys will probably really find this interesting. This week, we had Sarah Taylor on. She's a mental performance consultant and she works cool. with athletes you know, on the psychological side of sports. And there, there's something that people may not know is an option and, and a way to get involved. We have people that have run foundations, social media managers, so all types of, of different positions that we've had. So the Get My Job is definitely one. Our memes tend to be very relatable to our followers. People <laughs> seem to really enjoy them, uh, which is something we kind of happened upon. We started doing memes on a Sunday, just kind of relating to the Sundays of football, and they really seem to do well, and people really like them. But we post a fan dog every week for Sunday. Sunday night football, we pick one of the teams and, you know, there's a fan dog. So that is good. Our five fun facts, which is something that I had started doing with 49ers players. So I do that with mm -hmm. them one-on-one, -on -one, but we do it every week, kind of on uh, just arrival of the week, rivalry of the week, hot athlete of the week, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then we do the Friday five. And that's another thing people really seem to like, because it's basically, we call it, am I allowed to swear? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the shit you need to know going into the weekend that we put an asterisk because you know we're very family friendly yeah. network but <laughs> we are um, yeah we are definitely not <laughs> so and that's been great because it's really it's five slides and I have a lot of fun with it and it's five slides on really kind of your nuggets for the weekend and it's funny with that one because I think all sides of my sports fandom come in when I write it because I want to get all the information in there and get people to know everything they need to know, let's say about an upcoming matchup, but people have 15 seconds to read a slide. So what do I need to get in there so that if you're watching the game with friends on Sunday, you know why Kyler Murray might beat Josh Allen. I mean, we have a lot of great content, but those seem to be the things that people like really respond to. And we have another great podcast, but I think Get My Job is really responding to our female audience. Nice. Ben and I are both from the Bay Area, so we're big Niner fans, which... Oh, okay. I'm sorry for this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. We can all, uh, yeah, we can all just uh, wallow. I think towards the end of the show, we have a couple Niner's questions. questions. Absolutely, no problem. I, I wanted to ask a little bit more about, about Fangirl. And like, what was the real motivation for you in establishing this? And obviously, what have you noticed are some misconceptions about females and sports in general? Kind of going back to a little bit what I said earlier was I don't, I don't think there was content for the female fan where she felt empowered. And I know we use the word empowered a lot now, but you know what I mean by that is I feel like people used to assume when I was first a sports fan as a kid growing up that I didn't really know what I was talking about. I just thought the players were cute. And I mean, I will actually tell you that with it, three years ago, I was on a date, which turned out to be a very short date, and you'll hear why. When the guy said to me within like two minutes, well, it's a good thing Jimmy Garoppolo is on the 49ers that gives you something to talk about. You guys can talk about how cute he is. Oh, shit. And so that I felt, but I think unfortunately, I mean, this was, it was 2018. So it was two years ago. And I just remember it was 2018 because I was like, it's 2018. And this guy just said that to me and meant it. He wasn't trying to be funny. Like he 100% meant it. And that I feel like there was that perception. And I also feel like content is geared towards men, a lot of it, which I understand. I mean, the majority of sports yeah. fans, I think it's changing, but historically, the majority of sports fans have been men. So I wanted women to feel, for lack of a better term, feel okay with knowing why Carson Wentz is regressing. <laughs> but also wanting to bedazzle a Carson Wentz jersey and knowing that those two things are fine in conjunction with each other or not. And that's the other thing, you know, a lot of merchandise for a long time, and I like pink and sparkle, but not <laughs> every woman does. And for a long time, all merchandise was pink and sparkly, but also to be okay to be a female fan who doesn't like any of that. Yeah. So that's kind of was the, the thought behind it. And I wanted content that spoke to women, not content that women like digest, but is really speaking. Hmm. Yeah. My wife always gets pissed when the only sports cloth op clothing options are pink. Not that she doesn't like pink, but she's like, if I'm going to wear sports something, I want it to be like my team's colors, right? Like right. I don't need it to be pink if this is the only thing that's, that's open to me. You mentioned being girly girl and also being like a real legit sports fan, unbeknownst to this guy that unfortunately went on a date with you. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit more about negotiating and like embracing both of those identities and how they are you can sort of hold both of them together and not have them seemingly be in in comp competition with each other for me i mean it really was just always who i was so it was it just really embodied who i am i remember in high school i was wearing a red sweatshirt 
I think maybe from the gap and it had 43 on it. And I don't know why it wasn't, it actually wasn't 49ers related. And it was just a random, it was one of those random sweatshirts. They put a random number on it. And a friend of mine, a guy said, oh, who's number 43 on the 49ers? And I said, Adam Walker, but that's not what the sweatshirt is. And he was like, wait, what? (laughs) I couldn't even tell you who Adam Walker, I couldn't he played at that time but it was funny because he didn't expect that to be the answer he didn't know who adam walker was he had no idea who adam walker was and so i just think that this just kind of always been who i am so it didn't feel like i needed to embrace it it just was very authentic and natural to me mm. and i think it's an authentic and natural to a lot of fans and what i have found very interesting is our male followers respond to a lot of this content Hmm. in a way that I would have maybe not necessarily thought they would, but they do, which has Hmm. been interesting. Well, what do do you think, what do you think that's about? What that's about? Like, is there something that you're offering that maybe the mainstream sports networks aren't offering to, to male followers? We have maybe room for lack of a better term to cover all sorts of things. You know, we're not, I'm not on a deadline. I'm, um, I don't need to have a certain number of posts every day. So let's say like with 49ers stuff, for instance, I can do five fun facts and make that my focus of the day because I, that's what I can do. And my followers love that. I've become known for it in that world. So, you know, that really works. But I think the five fun facts has been popular generally because it is a way to get to know players, athletes, rivalries, stadiums in a way that maybe people wouldn't have before. So when we do them on the brand account, I think there's that. I think a lot of our male followers also have found a way for their spouses, partners, sisters, moms to get involved in a way that those people didn't know how to before. Does that make sense? I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that sometimes I think as women, and I find this even now, like I'm running a digital sports media company and not a ESPN, but I am running this company (laughs) and I will be in conversations with male friends or people and I'll start and I can get, I'll get cut off and I'll get, Mm. it's just the nature of where we are. But I think maybe it was something that created content like for everybody that everybody felt we shouldn't Mm. get cut off. You know, but I think that 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 is a start. But I think we we are able. We talk a lot about community. That's another thing. Actually, I forgot to mention earlier. We started a few months ago, Community Monday. So every Monday, we highlight an athlete and the work he or she's doing in the community. And people just don't have room for that necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I think we are able to provide a little bit more off-field content that people find interesting, just because we can, because we create what we are providing. Yeah. We're not beholden. You hit the nail on the head because I think you're really speaking to a new identity of sports fan. Because for the longest time, I think a lot of people, especially a lot of Americans, when you say, describe the average sports fan, it's a stereotype of like, probably me, like an overweight male drinking beer, screaming at the television. And it's not just merchandise, though. I mean, you talked about merchandise, but it's, it also seems like this identity or um, different types of content. It really seems like you're filling this niche that people have wanted for a while. And it's not just females. You said that there's a male audience as well. What's the response from people that have, that have seen fans? Fangirl Sports Network and said, oh, this is really cool and engage with it. What's been the response? I mean, that's been pretty much the response. We've, I've 
for the most part. I mean, and I can't really even think of, I've had some social media people to me personally about like 49er stuff be not that nice, but that's like a whole different issue. Uh, for the brand itself and what we're doing, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. And I've yet to meet anybody and tell them about it, except for that one guy on the date, but really anyone else to say like, I don't get it, or mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see the value or I don't believe you. I mean, I've had people say, well, those numbers sound high in terms of like 45% of NFL fans are women. And I have people be like, I don't believe that. I'm like, well, okay, it's true. I mean, I didn't make it up out of thin air. It's like, a, <laughs> I didn't just like, that sounds like a good number. Let's go with that. Um, but I think for the most part, everyone has responded well and has enjoyed the content that we're doing. And I think part of it is that it's, it's different. And you know, you mentioned earlier, like our three pillars are to inform, inspire, and make you laugh. And so when you, I think when you know that's what you're getting, like you go to Fangirl Sports Network, you're going to learn something, you're going to be inspired by something, or you're going to laugh. People enjoy those three things. And I think there's kind of a, maybe a tranquility in knowing that's what you're getting. Yeah. Those are also things that appeal to men and women, right? Absolutely. Like I want to be informed, inspired, and laugh every day, everywhere I go. So it's not that like those are gendered pillars that you're talking about. So I think it's clear that that would be attractive to anybody. Yes, I, I think so. I mean, we've been through a number of iterations. We first started, it was just me covering the 49ers and I would do a weekly game preview and a weekly lifestyle video. And then that, when we had... When we had fangirls for all the teams and we moved away from that model, but when we had that, they would do that. And then we would Mm. do, when we were doing more video content, there was like a lifestyle aspect and recipes and that type of stuff. You know, we found that our niche and what we do well isn't exactly that. We can share that, but there are people that do that. So we're better off kind of doing what we do and letting those people do what they do and sharing what they do, you know, and and that type of thing. So I think some of those lifestyle things maybe appealed to women a little bit more. I would say our memes are definitely geared towards females. I think anyone can find them funny, but they're more relatable to a female fan. But yes, to your point, the content certainly speaks to anyone. and, And I also think fans love content. And fans want to know everything, you know, about their team. So I think the content we're doing just provides another avenue of learning about your favorite team and players that maybe you wouldn't elsewhere. Yeah. Speaking of which, I think we have a ton of 49er questions that we'd like to ask. (laughs) Go for it. Um, It's been a rough year. Okay. I don't get this, but why is there so much discussion about the future with Jimmy G? It it seems like a lock. He he seems like certified guy and he can be the quarterback for the future, but why is there so much discussion around his future? And do you think he's going to be the quarterback in the next year, two years, three years? It is an interesting thing with Jimmy Garoppolo because it's kind of been that way from the get-go. I mean, you have you know, he came in and he won those five games. And in those five games, he looked like potentially the greatest quarterback of all time. Then he struggled in the beginning of 2018 and then he got hurt and he was out. And then last year they went to a Super Bowl. I mean, the thing that's so interesting to me about it is he was like seven minutes away from being the Super Bowl MVP or 12 minutes. And it's just, I always, I think about that sometimes like had they either converted on third and 15 or stopped the chiefs on third and 15, like third and 15 is the, what a different conversation would be but there is always been something about jimmy and i don't quite understand what it is but i think part of it is because he's been hurt so much Mm -hmm. 
we haven't had the opportunity maybe to see him as much as fans would like to do so. I mean, I go back to, but in his first full season, he went to a Super Bowl, but (laughs) yeah. And then I, unfortunately he struggled in game one, but they all struggled in game one. Mm -hmm. Um, Game two, of course, Nick Bosa goes down, Solomon Thomas goes down, and that's when Jimmy hurt his ankle, which he's probably never, even when he's been better, it hasn't been great. So I just think it's hard to tell. So there seems to be that. And I also think it always falls on the quarterback. I mean, you have a team that's fallen from grace, but not really. They have more injuries. I mean, they all, they've like, I mean, I want to say literally half the team has been Mm -hmm. hurt. Not even like using hyperbole. Mm -hmm. And it tends to fall on the quarterback. So I think that's part of it. In terms of next year, the year after year after that, I don't know. John Lynch was on KNBR earlier and spoke very highly of Jimmy. I would guess that he has at least another year that they would potentially draft somebody in the second round. I don't Mm -hmm. think they're going to have a high enough pick for like a Trevor Lawrence. Um, But, you know, they draft somebody and he sits behind Jimmy and they see what happens next year. Beyond that, I don't know. There are many people that think this is it, that this is the end of the road and they're going to cut ties and it would save a ton of money. And I could could see that too, but my I lean more towards he will be there another year. Hmm. All right, you heard you heard it here first. I mean, I don't know if you heard it here first, but you heard it. <laughs> no, I mean it's like you said, it's kind of hard to argue. Like the one full year the guys played, he goes thirteen and three, and they go to the Super Bowl. People say, oh, he threw the ball like six times in the playoffs, right? And like, yeah, that's sort of true. But they didn't didn't need to throw the ball anymore until maybe the fourth quarter. But that's a different different discussion. That's where a lot of this comes from. Because yes. on yeah, that yeah. stage, when everyone was paying attention, yeah. right. he barely threw the ball. But they right. also had two playoff games in which they decimated their opponents. So why wouldn't yeah. you? And everybody got mad at Kyle Shanahan when he was the offensive yeah. coordinator for the Falcons yeah. for throwing the ball when he should have yeah. thrown the ball. So, I mean, I just think yeah. you can't win. <laughs> you can't win. It's it's so true. So staying with the Niners. I know I have mine. I've been to a lot lucky, been lucky to be to a lot of playoff games over the years at Candlestick and a few at Levi's. What's your favorite Niners memory of your life? At what which one really just sticks out to you? Well, I have two. One okay. that's okay. One is gonna be when I first discovered Joe Montana and became a Niners fan, because that was why I became a Niners fan. So that was really cool. And then I've had a number of really awesome experiences from that. I went to an NFC championship game in Dallas, even though the game hmm. was a disaster, it was still cool to be there. I went to this, the uh, Super Bowl in New Orleans against the Ravens. And even though wow. it was an incredible experience to be there, I was at the NFC championship game the next year in Seattle. So I've been, wow. but I would say this past Super Bowl, like I woke up in the morning and I definitely like cried in a good way because I was like, this hmm. is the team I grew up loving and I'm putting on a credential and I'm going to cover this team in the Super Bowl. And that I think wow. was like the coolest moment, especially because I did build Fangirl out of nowhere. So I really like everybody earns their credential, but I just, hmm. my company that I started and I, you know, it just was like a very exciting thing for yeah. me to have that feeling. That's amazing. Mine, I, I think it was Terrell Owens, uh, 90, what was that, 99? 98, 99? 98 against the Cowboys. That was a crazy, that one was nuts. Well, that Packers. was, yeah. Packers against Packers, 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 Packers. Yeah. Yes. Were you at that game or you just remember watching it? No, I remember seeing it. I have to, yeah. I have to give a memory that I was at. Oh, no, I know. I'm just curious if you were there. Yeah, I, was it in Green Bay? Yeah, I flew out there as a 10-year-old. No, dude, that. it was in San Francisco, that game. Oh, see? Well, yeah, there goes my memory, right? <laughs> getting, too, uh, getting old, man. You're getting old. Mine right. is uh, 
the Alex Smith uh, beating the Saints in the playoff game. Well, that was incredible. Which I was at. QB sweep game. I was at that game. Oh, wow. That's and amazing. That was just insane. My, my dad is like, he likes to spend money on sporting event tickets, which like I have benefited immensely from over the course of my life. And for whatever reason, we decided to go. And that was just an incredible game. It's the loudest stadium I've ever been to. College games, pro games, just absolute insanity. And it's a crazy game. That was an incredible game. And talk about Alex Smith. What a story. Dude, awesome that he's back, right? I mean, he threw three yeah. picks last week, but still so cool. <laughs> so cool to see him out the there. That he's playing when he almost yeah. lost his leg is yeah. truly incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and seeing that documentary on ESPN and seeing like the, the shots of his leg after, it's like, dude, how are you even – how are you even moving? How are you even running around with your kids, much less playing in the NFL? It's really, it's incredible. It's an incredible. Yeah. yeah. One last question for you. I can't yeah. help but talk about fantasy. If, <laughs> if, if there's one Niner running back to own rest of season, who is it? Well, that one's really hard because every, the ones I would give you are all on IR. <laughs> <They're all laughs> well, right. I mean, I would have, the season started, I would have told you Ricky Moster, and then I would have told you Jeff Wilson Jr. I mean, it's just, <laughs> It's kind of a tough one, and I think I, I also have a hard time with it because I think it's a little – it's still running back by committee. I guess technically Jarek McKinnon is your three-down back, yeah. but I think they're also very much going to go with the hot hand on that one. Yeah. So Stay away. Have, people ask me that all the time, and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you because also I, I also feel like I give advice, and then like the, that game the person gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> they're snake bit at this point yeah um, i just i feel bad about the whole thing <laughs> yeah listen it's it's inspiring i think to see someone turn their passion into a business and i think you know for ben and i with this fledgling crazy podcast you know, it's inspiring to us to to see the success that you've had thanks so much for being on the show absolutely thank you for having me and i think what you're doing is really cool and i think it's a really important part of the game an important part of, of being fans and being an athlete and, and all of it. So I think what you're doing is cool. So I'm excited to see um, where you guys continue to go. Thanks, Thank Tracy. We, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Yep. We'll, have a we'll, uh, we'll put your one. social out there later. Please rate and subscribe where applicable. Thanks as always to our editing team for putting together today's show. You can find us on Twitter at HeadGameSite. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Brett Levine. And you can find that guy on Twitter at BD Rosenberg PhD. And thanks as always for tuning in. 